In this digital world, data is definitely our friend, or at least it could be. Today we're talking about business science and how data can make all the difference in forming and evaluating marketing campaigns. Welcome to episode 28 of Sideload. Welcome to Sideload, the technology podcast from Edelman, London. I'm Jermaine Dallas, and today we're talking about business science, how we can use data to tell how effective our comms campaigns are. It's a brand new area that we're exploring, and it could really change the way that we do comms marketing. So to talk about it, we've shipped in our top global expert who's leading the charge of this new approach. Matt Sato is from Edelman Intelligence, Edelman's research division. He leads the business analytics and science offering there, and he's based in New York. Matt's got two decades of analytics experience and before Edelman, he led advanced analytics at Accenture. Matt, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we're talking about this, it sounds very complex, business science. What exactly is it? (laughs) Well, really, a lot of people have asked that and and they sort of are like thinking about a product or a tool that they get. Um, What business science really is, is a capability. And um, it's drawing on the field of statistics, uh, in particular, statistics as it applies to, you know, business outcomes and econometrics. Um, so it's really the application of statistics to business problems. Um, and we're using that uh, as a, an approach to begin to measure in the same way that, like, uh, you know, a drug company measures the effectiveness of, you know, on the, of a clinical trial, uh, of the effectiveness of campaigns. So it's really drawing on that science that already exists in the field of statistics and applying it to our world of comms. Anyone who's been in the, the PR or comms business for more than five minutes, they'll know this, that the bane of the PR industry for years has been the difficulty of proving the ROI in concrete terms. So what's changed now to enable us to measure the success of marketing campaigns? Uh, great, great question. And, uh, you know, I can talk a little bit about, um, you know, what's changed and, and to be honest with you, you know, what, what hasn't changed to a certain degree. Um, you know, the, there have been a lot of, I would say, advances on the data side. And, you know, more so than we even had like five or six years ago, um, there's been an explosion of data that we have available. Um, the ability to track uh, topics, uh, to track conversations about topics, the sentiment of, you know, those types of conversations uh, has been something that a lot of advancements have been made. And that enables us to really measure comms uh, because comms, isn't just about delivering impressions uh, and delivering to different audiences. It's about influencing a broader conversation. And, and so largely those conversations haven't really been able to be detected now that we have, of course, a lot of social media and a lot of like cognitive analytics to sort of process natural language. That's really enabled us to understand the role that comms is having on the broader conversation because we can measure the broader conversation. Um, There's a lot about the data environment that's not changed. And there's data that I think that has always been there, like sales data, impressions, um, things like that. Um, So the idea is really to take these new data sources in the cognitive space and link them to business outcomes. But really, I would say a lot of what's driving, you know, this sort of push for ROI and proving it is, is coming because of cultural reasons. 
you know, I think once upon a time in marketing and in comms, we could get away with, you know, have telling, you know, the C-level, our bosses, like, we're trying to drive brand love, we're trying to drive all these sort of softer, unmeasurable metrics. And now there's an increased intensity to measure things uh, and provide our, our sort of leadership with, with ROI. So a lot of it is, you know, what we're seeing as a, as a cultural change as well. Okay, so what does all this mean in real terms then? Give me an example. Give me something concrete that I can have a look at. Uh, sure, sure. Um, so, you know, we've done uh, work with a number of clients now and, and like one CPG company, uh, they invested really heavily in paid media um, and they also had invested in a lot of earned media. Um, and a lot of the, these investments were designed to make uh, new product launches more or less successful. So they really wanted to learn from that. Like, what was their paid versus earned media getting? Should they lead with paid or should they lead with earned? So really, the business science approach was in going back historically and looking at um, multiple product launches, you know, where they did different things to, um, to drive the launch across paid and earned and measure their impact you know what was more successful was it more successful to lead with paid was it more successful to lead with earned and be able to provide some recommendations then for how they should launch future products more successfully so that's one example like if you're launching a new product how do you learn from past launches and measure the impact of different campaigns and use that to design a more successful campaign in the future so what data are we looking at here you've mentioned social media is that the main source of data or the other sources we want to get as much data as humanly possible. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of times we have to work with our clients to get that data. And really, to be honest with you, the most meaningful analytics solutions are going to involve your clients' use of their data because that's what's most meaningful to them. So there's sort of the business outcome information you want on sales or on traffic. You want to collect social media data to the extent that that's a piece of what you're trying to measure. It could be sentiment. It could be conversations, but it also could just be paid advertising in those channels. And then anything else that could influence sales would be a good candidate to be put in there. Like, you know, depending on the industry, it might be the weather, it might be, a, you know, distribution, it might be pricing, and then, of course, paid advertising. So if you want to measure comms and its impact on sales, you really have to control for all those other things that influence sales because you don't want to misattribute what comms is doing you know, because something else was basically happening at the same time. And I know that sounds complicated, but you'd be surprised at what you can cobble together to put in a model like this beyond the stuff that's sort of at our fingertips every day by just asking clients for, you know, for some basic inputs. Well, that's that's a question, actually. So how do you go about doing that? Because I imagine that some clients, they will happily work with you to get access to that data and use that data, but some will find it uncomfortable. Yeah. What's the conversation that you have? Well, you know, to be honest with you, and this is what I've told people since I've started this role, and, you know, I, I came from Accenture before here, and, you know, there, I didn't even think twice about asking clients for data, and a lot of that was because a lot of the work we did involved data, and they were used to that. Here, there's more reticence about asking for it. In the UK, you mean? Yeah, oh. I would say just in general at Edelman oh, okay. and Edelman Intelligence. Um, because, you know, and my challenge has always been, you would be surprised what your clients will get you. Um, if you share what you're using it for, 
they should really be on board with it. Um, I think part of our role, too, is pushing our clients. We can't just be order takers. Like, our clients' world is changing pretty dramatically around them. So part of it is counsel to them that, hey, this is where your space is going. And if you don't start doing these things, you're going to soon find the work that you do irrelevant or the budget's being cut, etc. So, and I don't mean to use scare tactics here, but like we have to, I think, to a certain degree, be a little more comfortable challenging our clients to do new things than ever before, because they're going to be asked three months after a campaign ran what it did, and they're going to ask us for ROIs, but they can't in the same breath tell us that we can't get sales data because um, we need to, to have all of that. And that was a long-winded answer to your question, but it suffice it to say that, you know, you'll be surprised what they'll give you if you show them what we're doing with it. What are the typical insights that you see? Um, it, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of um, what I would say, you know, and having done a lot of these in the past, um, my advice and counsel to people around using ROIs, ironically, would be not to follow them off a cliff. <laughs> mm. And and so, you know, if something has a low ROI, you don't want to just pull the plug on it. Uh, you want to dig into that and understand what's working and what's not. You know, that being said, some typical insights are that it's it's about balance. There is a need for earned media out there, but it is more effective if you complement it with paid. And same thing with paid media. Like, paid advertising will only work if you've sort of got an environment where people love the brand, they've heard about you through other channels. So really the sort of balance, sort of mix between the two we've seen has increased the effectiveness of that media by over 50% of those things in, in isolation. Some other trends we're seeing now is that, you know, everybody, if you look across our clients where we're measuring this stuff at, are spending a lot more money on digital uh, channels to reach audiences. Uh, and they typically have a higher ROI on average. But with digital, because it's such a burgeoning channel and there are a lot of new channels that people haven't invested in and before, the range of outcomes is much wider. Like there are really awesome campaigns that um, blow out of the water anything else that they've done. And then there are things that have just done nothing and they've actually lost money on. Mm. So, you know, there's, there's I would say, higher returns in, in digital, but there's a higher amount of risk because there's a lot of new stuff going on and, and that's what makes it important to like measure it well we're going to talk a bit more about business science and what it will do for the industry at large but first let's cast our ears back to the last episode of sideload where we demystified blockchain One of the problems that really happens in creative industries, um, particularly for example in music, is the issue of copyright and who owns, how do you show that you own and you came up with a certain, uh, essentially kind of string of notes and uh, melodies. Um, and so there's, uh, there's a number of different people that have been working on things in this space um, across music, across art, various different things to try and create a ledger that can record ownership, but also add that layer of automation on top in terms of transactions. Um, so um, there's one report, for instance, I've seen that says it's about one billion pounds, uh, one billion dollars in unclaimed revenues uh, through for musicians because it's just so difficult to track where their music gets used, where it gets played on TV, might be played on the radio, um, and so there's many thousands of different sources of uh, potential revenue. 
You're listening to Sideload, and today we're talking about business science. We're still here with business analytics expert Matt Sato from Edelman Intelligence in New York. So uh, looking at this whole business science question and topic then, how will all this change the way that marketing professionals do their job and how does it change the expectations of the brands that hire them? I think first of all, it will change the teams that that we work with. Uh, And so more so this sort of culture of measurement has required increased collaboration between your creative teams, between your data teams and between your analytics teams because we need to bring uh, different kinds of skills into the mix now. And and so increasingly uh, the role, our role in comms is becoming part artist as it has and leading with a big idea, uh, but also part scientist and being able to procure the data and analysis to back it up. So, you know, that's that's the first thing. I would say the second thing is that data and analytics, and I would say what we're calling um, business science, is driving the actual execution of the media itself, where it's trying to find new audiences in a smarter way. So, in addition to measurement, it's actually being operationalized by these types of things as well. You may not like this as a data expert, but some creative might say that creativity should be definitely about intuition and not necessarily breaking things down into data, hard data. What's What would you say to that? You know, there's there's no... Um, this stuff is not a substitute for your own creative judgment. Uh, and like I said before, don't follow these things off a cliff. Um, and, and as somebody who's worked with models and analytics and data in the past, I would be the first one to tell you that a model can't run the world. A model doesn't replace the business judgment and the creative judgment uh, that resides in these walls. It is another tool that you have to make decisions from, but it is never going to be able to, you know, when you build a model, uh, you know, to be completely honest with you, there's... Um, and a lot of people would like to tell you that there is, you know, machine learning, there's all these scary things going on that, that replicate human intelligence. At the end of the day, analytics is using history to predict the future. And you can train a model to learn from that. If something that you're doing is outside of that or something changes from that, it, it doesn't have um, a ton to tell you. So you really need your business judgment to layer on top of this stuff anyway. And it's a, another tool that you have to learn from to gain insights, but I don't ever foresee it replacing business judgment and, and creative sense. So tell me about the, the data that you're analyzing and what are the best data points to look at and what's not so valuable? You know, I would say the, the more close you can get to the client's business, the better. So the real power in this stuff is linking our comms campaigns to client outcomes. The data that can tell you most about uh, what's happening with the client is something that is important to fold into this stuff. Um, The data that we need to analyze this sort of projects, you know, doesn't all reside in the four walls of Edelman, but you really have to reach out to your clients. So it, it is that. But there is a lot, I would say, in third-party data that has come a long way. And, you know, I won't belabor this discussion with, with naming all of them, but that's my biggest thing. So 
let's look at the future then. So you've said that this sort of data won't replace business judgment, but what will happen? Will we one day let machines plan our campaigns based on anticipated outcomes? I think it will make suggestions. Um, one of the things that uh, we are rolling out with business science is a simulation and optimization engine that makes recommendations uh, on you know the types of campaigns to run uh, on the investment levels and even when to execute them. But what we've typically done is um, there's somebody that has to sort of, <laughs> I would say, QA that, quality assure that, and makes modifications based on you know their knowledge of the market and things like that. So uh, it is a tool, um, and it, it is it is certainly possible to have a machine recommend something, but I, I think it would be pretty reckless <laughs> to let that run on its own. Um, you know, when we build these solutions for clients in the past and provided recommendations, like it's usually takes multiple months to work with that model. Um, and the ultimate decision on what to do is a piece of what the model recommends, but it's, you know, also a piece of what people recommend on top of it all. The real opportunity is is cultural, I think, in that, you know, I see a lot of people who use data and analytics to justify the things they're about to do anyway, and I don't think that's a great approach, obviously. There are people who use data and analytics to form their judgment and to make better decisions, and I think that's a better use of it. But um, I think it's a recipe for failure to use data and analytics to replace it in its sure. entirely all, all of that stuff. So um, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal about, um, it was like some kind of op-ed, I forgot who wrote it, but I think that the title of it was that artificial intelligence is here to stay, but there's still a role for natural intelligence. And it was like, I think that's the dumbest article. Like, why would there be no... Anyway, so uh, my only point being that we're still very much a... You know, our problems are complex enough for uh, us not to let a machine entirely tell us what to do, um, no matter what people tell you. Um, there's a lot of uh, people who overpromise the potential of these things and, you know, to be honest with you, a little bit of analytics fraud out there. Um, so I think part of my role is also to have a practical vision for what what this can be, um, you know, without being um, cynical um, and, and sort of being a lot more honest about where uh, these things stop and, and begin and end. So my job is safe for the time being at least anyway. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much for joining us on this show and thank you for listening to this episode of Sideload. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and if you want to get in touch, send an email to sideload at edelman.com. See you next time. <laughs>